from people around Tubok who'd had enough of the Apache and were willing to make a small profit or none at all, just to get shed of their stock and get out of southern Arizona. The next year he left Manuel Acaso with his herd and traveled back to Sudan. The girl, Martha Sanford, was waiting for him. They were married within the week, and he brought her home to the saber without stopping for a honeymoon. Then he worked harder than he ever imagined a man could work, and he remembered thinking during those days, Nothing can budge you from this place. You are taking all there is to take, and if you don't die, you will make a success of it. He was sure of it, after living through the winter the Apaches came. They were Chiricahuas, down out of the Dragoons, and every few weeks they would raid his herd for meat. From November through April, Cable lost over fifty head of cattle. But he made the Chiricahuas pay. Lying prone high on the slope, with a sharps rifle in the cover of the trees, he knocked two of them from their horses as they cut into his herd. The others came for him, squirming unseen through the pines, and when they rushed him, he killed a third one with his revolver before they ran. Another time that winter, a war party attacked the house of Juan Toyopa, Cable's nearest neighbor to the west, killing Juan and his family and burning the house. They reached Cable's place at dawn, coming suddenly screaming out of the grayness and battering against the door. He stood waiting with a revolver in each hand. Martha stood behind him with a shotgun, and when the door gave way, he fired six rounds into them in half as many seconds. Two of the Apaches fell, and Martha stepped over them to fire both shotgun loads at the Apaches running for the willows. One of them went down. Then Cable rode to Denimans to get Manuel Acaso. They returned to the willows, found the sign of six Chiricahuas, and followed it all day, up into high desert country. And at dusk, deep in a high-walled canyon, they crept up to the dry camp of the six Apaches and shot three of them before they could reach their horses. The survivors fled, at least one of them wounded. Cable was sure of that, and they never bothered him again. Perhaps they believed his life was charmed, that he was beyond killing— and for that reason they stopped trying to take him or his cattle. And perhaps it was charmed, Cable had thought, or else his prayers were being answered. It was a good thing to believe. It made him feel stronger and made him work even harder. That was the time he first had the thought, nothing can budge you from this land. Nothing. The next year their first child was born, Claire, and Manuel Acaso helped him build the log addition to the house. He remembered planning it, lying here in this bed with Martha next to him, and Claire, a month-old baby, in the same crib Sandy was sleeping in now. Lying awake, staring at the ceiling, and thinking how we would build a barn after they'd completed the log room. And now, thinking about that time, and not thinking about the years in between, he felt comfortable and at peace. Until the murmur of Martha's voice, close to him, brought him fully awake. They'll come today, won't they? He turned to her. She was on her side, her eyes open and watching him. I guess they will. Is that what you were thinking about? Cable smiled. I was thinking about the barn. You're not even worried, are you? It doesn't do any good to show it. I thought you might be trying out your principle of not worrying about anything you can't do something about. Well, I thought about it. Martha smiled. Cabe, I love you. 
He rolled to his side, pulling her close to him and kissed her, brushing her cheek and her mouth. His face remained close to hers. We'll come out of this. We have to, Martha whispered. When Cable left the house, the sun was barely above the line of trees at the river's edge. The willow branches moved in the breeze, swaying slowly against the pale morning sky. But soon Cable knew there would be sun glare and deep shadows, black against yellow. And the soft movement of the trees would be remembered from another time with another feeling. With Davis and Claire, he brought the four team horses out of the barn and put them on a picket line to graze. It wouldn't help to get them mixed with Kidston's herd. He saddled the sorrel gelding, but let the reins hang free so it could also graze. The sorrel wouldn't wander. After that, he returned to the house. Martha came out of the log room with Sam.